This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. Uh, Also broadcasting in downtown Toronto on 96.7 FM. I'm your host, Walter Rigobon. My usual co-host this morning, Naz Marchese, isn't with me this morning. Uh, We'll have him on the line very, very shortly. Hopefully he's on the line right now. We've been trying to get a hold of him. He's down at Wrigley Field this, uh, down in Chicago this this weekend, and we want to catch up with Naz, and uh, hopefully we'll have him on the line shortly. We've been trying to connect with him. Uh, Subbing in for uh, Naz this morning, uh, former Toronto Maple Leaf, former Washington Capitol, Lou Franceschetti. Welcome, Lou. Good morning, Wally, and better looking. And better looking. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I I don't disagree with you. God bless you. Anyways, you. Uh, Naz, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Naz. Um, you didn't hear that, did you, Naz? Yeah, I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Naz, uh, first of all, I want you to apologize for me st- sticking me with Franceschetti again this morning, but uh, let's let's get right into it. You've made the pilgrimage down to Chicago, Um and uh, it's been an interesting weekend for you. So we're going to ask you to recap. But two highlights of your weekend is, of course, play, uh, not playing, but uh, going to watch the Blue Jays play against the Cubs at uh, one of the museums of sports in the world, which is, of course, Wrigley Field. And you've made that pilgrimage. And my guess is you're down there with thousands and thousands of Jays fan. And of course, you also had the privilege of watching TFC last night douse the Chicago Fire. And that was, uh, I actually watched that game, didn't watch the Jays game, but I watched that game. And uh, that was a lot of fun from what I can tell. But first, Naz, give us a little little bit of your perception of uh, the amount of fun you've been having and uh, what's going on down in Chicago. Great spot, great place, uh, Wrigley Field. Uh, Friday's game was, uh, there must have been about 10,000 fans there on Friday. Blue Jay fans, an incredible amount of people down there. And uh, historic park for sure. Just a beautiful, beautiful park. What's the what's your big takeaway from uh, what uh, What was the most uh, impressive thing you found about? Was it your first time at, at Wrigley Field? It is my first time. It is my first time. Although I liked uh, Fenway Park better, but uh, it's just the stadium itself, the outside. It's... Uh, what a beautiful spot Wrigley Field is. It really is. I haven't watched the game from Wrigley. I mean, uh, from Wrigley in a while, I guess, other than the World Series last year. But uh, uh, do they still have that Ivy uh, Ivy Field uh, covering the wall. Yes, they do. Yes, yeah. they do. Yeah. And the the amazing part about it, I actually was at Wrigley. I was in Chicago. I, I made the pilgrimage to Wrigley Field just to see it, but I didn't, I didn't partake in a ball game there. Made the, when I was in Boston, I made the pilgrimage to Fenway, but uh, didn't actually see a ball game there because the Sox were out of town. 
But the amazing part about Wrigley is it's like it's plopped, not not plopped, but I guess everything got built around. It's like right in the middle of a of an of a residential area. It is, it is, and it's a very uh, very unique downtown. Very unique. A lot of people in one area, that's for sure. And I had, happened to take the bus system there. Oh my God, what an experience that was! Getting getting on a bus with Cub fans and Blue Jay fans on the way down. It was it was quite an inter- interesting trip. That's for sure. Hey, Naz, uh, just by watching the game yesterday and, and the times that I do watch the Cubs on TV, especially last year in the World Series against uh, the Indians, um, I don't know where you were sitting last night, but I, I guess now the Cubs own the uh, the bleacher seats out in left field. Uh, how's that looking? That looks great. That looks great. You can see all the rooftops and that. It's beautiful. You can, there's people watching the game from rooftops in the, in the stadium. It's, it's absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. The only thing is, we, we when the first day we had the seats, I had, I thought it was in the Hamilton Forum with the pillars in the way. Right? <laughs> it was uh, you couldn't see clearly all the time, but uh, yesterday's seats were were great, and uh, the Jays came up short. They were uh, they played well, but they came up short. They just didn't get any clutch hitting at all. Tell us a little bit about the inter- uh, interaction with uh, between Cubs fans and Jays oh, you, fans. You know what? They're very uh, different than the Boston fans. Boston's are, Boston fans are a little rougher around the edge. The Cubs fans are nice. You can't even get angry with them. It's it's they're they're, they're nice people. All Chicago Cubs fans are really nice people. I guess, I guess they must have liked the. I guess they must have liked the grapes yesterday singing. Uh, oh, he, take me out to the ball game. He was great. He was great. He did well. He did well. He did good. He did pretty good. He did well. I was. I was impressed. Yeah, he changed. He got a little bit of criticism, uh, not from this side of the border, but from a lot, lot of uh, the U.S. Uh, people were Chicago people were tweeting that he actually changed the he changed the lyrics to take me out to the ball game. There's a, there's a lyric in uh, in the song where the, the fans are supposed to uh, support the Cubbies. Yeah. And of course, uh, you know, uh, uh, I, I guess Don couldn't bring himself to say that with the Jays there, <laughs> being a big Jays booster, and he just, I guess, he just made it neutral. Uh, he didn't, he didn't use the Jays, but he just made it neutral, and uh, I guess that might have rubbed some of the locals uh, the wrong way. Uh, yeah, it was so quick. We never caught that when we heard it, but uh, I was reading this morning that that's the case. Right. But Anyways. Jays uh, Nest, give us a recap of the of the two games. What happened? We lost both of them. Uh, we we you know we always the uh, Jays season. If I can if I can uh, do an executive summary on the Jays season so far, it's always one step forward, one step backwards. That's about it. Two That's steps forward, two and a half steps backwards. You know we get we always get within sniffing distance, and this is this has been going on like for a couple of months now. We get in sniffing distance of the wild card, and we get everybody excited. And Naz, you get all excited, and uh, you keep posting. We're back up to three games from the wild card, and uh, another four, right? And now you know we're we're back. Um, since uh, the team, the bats seem to have gotten a little bit hotter. But uh, where are we? Where are we right now? Well, Naz? yesterday's game, they lost four three. Uh, Bautista, Donaldson, and um, and um, uh, who's the other guy? That, smoke. Uh, the, the smoke. Yeah, they went over twelve at the plate, and that's not going to do it. The, the guys in the bottom of the order were hitting well. They were getting on base. Uh, Pierce had a good afternoon, but the big boys didn't do anything. And when the big boys don't do anything, nothing happens, right? 
And uh, that's exactly what happened yesterday. The Cubs were beatable in game two. I would, I, they, were, they outplayed the Jays in game one, though, pretty, pretty badly. Who's on the mound for the Jays today? Estrada's on the mound. Uh, Estrada, okay. And if, uh, I'm, that's I have... this type of park, though, if the wind's blowing in. And it's, uh, it's a pitcher's park when it's, blowing, when it's blowing out. Look out. Anyway, so, Jays, I haven't looked that far ahead yet, Naz, and perhaps uh, you or Lou have. What's, uh, what's the Jays' schedule look like uh, from here to the finish line? Well, this is a big week here because they have Tampa Bay away and then they have Minnesota in, who's, uh, in the, who's first in the wild card or second in the wild card race. Uh, so it's, this is a big week. They've got to be within two by the end of this week, or I think it's going to be a little difficult to come back. Um, certainly, uh, you know, there's still a lot of baseball to be played, Lou, and uh, I know that uh, you're a big Yankees fan. There's a big series going on uh, between the Yankees and the Red Sox uh, uh, this weekend, and uh, that seems where all the action is going to be in the American League East in terms of uh, the run for uh, for uh, first place and the number one wild card. But uh, you're... you're, you're uh, your uh, your key guy there has uh, set a major league record uh, that hasn't uh, a feat that hasn't happened in a while. Aaron Judge, you're Thir- right. Thirty six that- games straight with a strikeout. I- I'm not sure if that's ever happened before. Or the- apparently the last the last guy to go thirty five games with a strikeout in every game. Listen to this one for the record books. Bill Stoneman. Of course, we all remember Bill Stoneman. He was uh, a pitcher for the Expos. Pitcher for the Expos. You know, you know, what the, happened to Judge? You know what? It, it's just that he, he's overswinging. He's thinking too much. Uh, uh, what happened at the first start of the year? He he had a goal, and it's just like uh, Kevin Pillar. You know, he had a goal at the start of the year, and he, and he followed it, and then got into a rut, and now he's down to his regular two fifty. But Aaron Judge, uh, I'm not sure if it's the actual uh, All Star uh, home run derby that that screwed everything up, but it's more or less, I think pitchers right now are starting to figure him out. They know where to place the ball, and uh, he's been a sucker to kept, keep on going after it. He watched the pitcher last night. There was three strikes that they were out of the zone he swung at. It's just one of those things that hopefully, and thank God that Sanchez is picking and, and Hicks is picking him up right now, because if they're not, they're, you know, the Yankees are going to be in a little bit of a trouble here. Uh, they've got great starting pitching last night from Sabathi. He out the old uh, sale. Uh, tonight they got Sonny Gray. The other night they had uh, they only get Severino this year against or this weekend against Boston. So it's going to be a good battle down the down the stretch. I think whichever team does well within the division is going to team is going to be the team that is going to step ahead of everybody. And then you got to look at it. it's going to be a one car, uh, one game wild card, and the two teams that are behind the Yankees, the Angels and uh, and Kansas City, they're half a game apart. So there could be a second wild card game there to meet the Yankees. And, you know, that means that they're going to have to have their best pitcher in that game to get to the Yankees. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see down the street, uh, down the stretch here what, what's going to happen. Uh, just before I come back to you, Ness, I, I do want you to comment on that, just to give our listeners a little roadmap uh, for the rest of the show. We'll be talking to the godfather of sports radio, Eddie Andelman, uh, shortly after the first break. Of course, Eddie's... Uh, 
from Boston, and we're going to talk all things Boston, and we're going to get into this Red Sox-Yankee uh, rivalry. And later on in the show, we're going to be talking to Carmen Marcantonio, member of the Canadian Soccer Hall of Fame, uh, talking about TFC and uh, this great soccer tournament that's going on up in Vaughan this weekend, the Under-17 Youth Cup. We've got Juventus in town, their Under-17 team, and they're taking on TFC's under-17 team tonight. Certainly want to chat about that. And that brings me to another topic, Ness. Uh You're down in Chicago. Uh, great game last night. Soccer. The Reds. TFC gave, uh, gave uh, the Chicago Fire a little spanking. Let, tell us a little bit about the uh, uh, atmosphere of that game because it looked like there was a whole lot of TFC supporters decked out in red. And uh, Yeah, Wally, I didn't get down there for the Oh, you didn't the make game. it? Yeah, I just wanted to... Con- confirm that i did not get down there but i did read uh, read up on it and they won three one from what i understand and played well and uh, and also uh, the, the big boys didn't carry the team it was their lesser lights and uh that's good yeah was, uh, sorry he didn't make the game Naz. there was a point in that game where jovenko scored and he ran over to the crowd and some guy ran down and he was took his shirt off i thought that might have been you for a second yeah no 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 chance <laughs> anyways go, going back to red sox yankees and we'll wrap it up with you naz uh uh your assessment of uh of this battle and uh where where that's going to go down the stretch well you know it's it's going to be tough for the wildcard luke pointed out a couple of weeks ago about uh you know if the jays got in and they had to play one game against somebody and they had stroman on the mound uh, they'd be in they'd be in deep trouble the other team right and that could happen it's a one game thing and i don't know who's going to meet boston it's going to be a interesting interesting uh uh series when uh the the, the last series of the season is going to be very interesting for sure do uh, Red Sox Yankees got something coming up? Uh, another series? They, they got four more coming up next weekend. Next weekend, yeah, in in Yankee Stadium. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm not even looking at uh, at who makes a wild card. You got to remember that with with Houston having the best record right now, the team that comes out of the wild card is going to play Houston in the first round of the playoffs, <laughs> going up against that juggernaut uh, offense. Um, it looks like Cleveland and and Boston. If Boston ends up in first place, they're going to probably be meeting each other. Um, in the first round, and they got four games coming up in Cleveland starting tomorrow. So that's going to be an interesting series to see who's going to take momentum and who's going to set the, the tempo for that series. How do you like? How do you like the, uh, the the Dodgers taking Granderson now? How much money do these guys have? What's what's going on? I mean, Cleveland's adding players. Uh, everybody's adding players. Well, what they're doing is they're sending players down. They they sent out one of their top prospects, Doc Peterson, down to the minors the other day to make room for Granderson. And what they've done is they, they've gotten two imaginary lineups, one against right-handed batters and one against left-handed batters. And Granderson right now fits into that left-handed, uh, going up against the right-handed batters. So they've got two different lineups. I know they got uh, Ethan uh, uh, is still hurt. So really, they don't care because right now they're going for it all. It's just like the Jays did uh, two seasons ago. They put all their eggs in one basket. Their window of opportunity is closing. They want to win it this year with the record they have. And that's why the people in Houston right now are a little upset at the owner or the GM because they didn't go out and get a Verlander to offset what everybody else has done. Yeah, and the Indians have added, too. Like They added Jay Bruce, right? And uh, they, they, they were looking stronger, too. That's right. So well, every, you know, when, when, you give a, when you give your players a chance or you're going to show them a chance that, you, that you're all in, the players, they pick up that. It's just like the Yankees when they made the deal for Gray and, and Todd Fraser. Fraser hit a big home run last night. 
Todd Gray goes into Boston today, but he's got a, an oh. ERA over eight in Boston. Well, so we're going to see how, how the team is going to pick him up today. Naz, um, sorry to change topics, guys, but we got to let Naz go. But before we let you go, Naz, there's, uh, there's a, there's a, and we do have to get your comments because you're usually on the pulse of these types of things. Yeah. There's, uh, there's, uh, I wouldn't call them rumors, but the, there, there's uh, reports starting to circulate. Uh, I've seen them uh, on the web this morning and in Twitter and some... Is this about Tavares? Tavares, yes. Yeah. Uh, I read pretty I, good. I didn't even talk to you about that. Yeah, yeah. Tavares, uh, their talk, the talk is heating up uh, from some reputable people that uh, there may be a one-year deal in Toronto. Uh, Naz, you usually have your pulse on these things. I don't know if you, you're the guy who even started this, but uh, no, I didn't start this one. <laughs> you're usually ahead of the curve on a lot of things. Uh What's uh, what? You, what's your sense of that one? Well, I, I think that Tavares would not be. A, it wouldn't be smart for him to do that because you know, in a year he could get hurt. He's got a big contract coming up. Why would he risk, you know, six or seven more years on his contract for one year with the Leafs? I'm not sure that uh, that adds up. Lou, hey, listen, it it, it all depends on what what they're going to ask him, uh, what what he's asking for. The problem is now. If he comes in here in 2018, Marner and Nylander's contracts are going to be uh, in full flight there. How are you going to handle four guys that are making close to $8 million along with uh, with Marlowe and uh, what uh, Morgan Riley and, uh, is making on the back end? Yeah, yeah I think the, the idea was to extend them one, uh, to uh, have a one-year contract, and those other contracts don't kick in until the following year, so they can afford them for one year. Uh, I think that was the intent of that, but... I, I don't see it. I really don't. Naz, I think you hit the nail on the head. Why would a player in the prime of his career sign a one-year contract and take that in take that risk of injury? I, I think you've analyzed that perfectly. How about I, Kevin Durant? Um, I just I on the Tavares thing. I just think it's 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 the middle of summer. The bunch of guys got nothing to do, and let's 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 churn up a rumor just to you know so people can talk Who about it. There's nothing else to talk Kevin about at this Durant? time of year. You know that that's another case, but I don't see Tavares doing it. But you never know. I mean. Doesn't make, doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Naz, listen, we've got to go to break. Okay. Uh, we're going to let you go. Uh, enjoy the rest of your time in Chicago and uh, uh, travel safely, my friend. Want to see one you... thing? They yes, got to bring back Frank Vitier's pizza. The pizza's <laughs> pizza is great. Here. <laughs> well, I got to tell you. Well, it's the home of uh, the world capital of deep dip, deep dish pizza. Frank Vitier, talk about a name from the past. Isn't that something? Jane Wilson, wasn't it? Jane and Wilson, Naz, yeah, and uh, Jane and Wilson. And yeah. There was one right right near Maple Leaf Garden. It was Frank Vitier. Your pizza there and Fuller's and all the other stuff we used to go at late nights. Anyways, thanks, Naz, and okay, tra- no problem. travel safely. Uh, okay. All the best. Uh, uh, Frank Vitier's Pizza. I haven't heard about that one in a long time. It's almost like Lou? Vesuvio's. <laughs> Vesuvio's. <laughs> well, Naz comes up with this stuff. Anyways, we've got to go to break. We'll be right back after the break talking Boston, Toronto with Eddie Andelman, the godfather of sports radio. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville brought back the large five-topping pizza special for just $13.99 for a limited time. I'm whispering because the last time Pizzaville brought back this special, there was pandemonium in the streets, pushing, shoving, biting. So order now and order often, and hopefully you won't have any bite marks when this is over. Call Pizzaville for the large five-topping pizza special at pound 3636 from your cell phone. 
There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000 square foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. We're pleased to welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour the godfather of sports radio. Of course, we're talking about the iconic and irreverent Eddie Andelman, formerly of the Sports Huddle, where I grew up listening to Eddie on the Sports Huddle, one of the great, if not the greatest, sports talk radio show in history. Eddie, good morning. How are you, sir? Good. How are you fellas doing? We're doing fantastic. We're trying to keep this Toronto-Boston rivalry alive, but uh, there's a bigger rivalry going on this weekend. Just so that you know, Eddie, in studio with me, co-hosting this morning is... uh, Lou Franceschetti, you know, of course, you being the big hockey fan that you are, you remember Lou's great career with the Washington Capitals and the Toronto Maple Leafs. But how could uh, I, I ever forget? <laughs> but uh, he's a New York Yankee fan, and uh, so tell us a little bit about what's going on with the Sox. Uh, they seem to have uh, created a little bit of distance with the Yankees, and they look like they're heading for first in the AL East. Anything that the Yankees are going to do that's going to stop that? Well, uh, I really figured uh, that the Red Sox would win the East. Uh, the only the only team I was afraid of was the, the Blue Jays. But uh, the Blue Jays need badly more coaches and, and uh, better front office people than what I've seen so far. They're not playing up to their talent. As far as the Yankees go, um, as usual, they're overrated by the media. Um, Next year, they'll probably send Judge down for more experience. Uh, uh, Chapman has been a huge disappointment. And um, other than having a good field manager, Joe Girardi, the Yankees are a creation of the media and will be very lucky to finish at 500. That's uh, an interesting observation. Eddie, Lou, you want to you wanna fire back on that one? Well, Eddie, I'm not going to go against your experience because you've you've been doing it uh, so many years. But uh, um, what I see right now, and I, I think the, the the Yankees are lucky to be only four games back. Because if it wasn't for uh, 
Rafael Devers, they might only be two behind. Because right now, I saw the last series against uh, Boston, and, and if it wasn't for him, I think the Yankees would have probably won three of four uh, or two or three the first series, and they would have taken the first two games here. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right about Judge. I think Judge is not overrated, but I think he's more or less, uh, he's, he's overdoing things. He, he's thinking too much when he's up at the plate. He had a great first half. Um, and from my pr perspective, is that if it wasn't for Sale and, and Ben Attendee, I think the, the Boston Red Sox right now would probably be in the middle of the pact. Yeah, well, let me tell you something. If if it didn't rain at my mother and father's picnic, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> you're very you're you're right. But, uh, you know, so far you've made typical excuses of a Yankee and New York fans. <laughs> you know, I mean, these things they're available. You know, in a pamphlet you can buy a pamphlet called New York Excuses, and it, it justify all the teams: the Mets, the Yankees, the Knicks. I mean, they're an embarrassment. Oh, so you're saying that just because I'm a Yankee fan, I'm I'm wrong. Yes, <laughs> that's usually the way. Bo oh, okay. Boston, okay. Boston. Like I said, I'm not going to argue with you because you you've had a lot more experience. <laughs> let, let, and it's, it's your typical Boston uh, mentality out there. It's everything else but Boston. I have two grandsons, ten years old. They have lived to see every Boston team win a world championship. Well, I will agree with you there, Eddie. The, you've certainly in Boston. You've been privileged uh, with. Uh, some tremendous, tremendous athletes and some tremendous teams. And uh, I'm going to, you know, take it in a little different uh, direction. We're trying to create a little bit of Boston-Toronto rivalry. And I'm, I want to get your comment on this, Eddie, because I know uh, uh, you've always uh, you've got something interesting to say. But I, I right now, uh, I, I, it looks like Toronto may have the upper hand in the Toronto-Boston rivalry. Let me make the case, Eddie. Right now, right now, let me make the case. The Leafs are better than the Bruins. Uh, the Raptors, the Raptors and the Celtics, I would classify as a saw-off. The Red Sox are up against uh, ahead of the Jays, so we're one, one, and one. But here's the here's the clincher, Eddie. Our soccer team's better than the Revolution, so it's uh, Toronto's got the upper hand right now. Comment, Eddie. Well, first of all, the only game. Uh that is allowed in the intensive care wards of any hospital is soccer. I mean, have you ever met anyone that's actually ever seen a goal? I actually saw a few last night, to be honest with you, Eddie, but uh, I take it uh, you're not a big Revolution fan? No, I, I, I don't like soccer being shoved down my throat. It's a foreign game, uh, and I'm glad that all the people in Brazil love it, but to me it's just dull. Let's uh, let's. Uh, that's what I would have thought you would have said about soccer. But going back to the Red Sox, uh, the David Price experiment. Uh, we we tend to follow. Uh, we tend to have a, a an interest in Toronto about what's going on with David Price in uh, in well, he Boston. Want to be here, obviously. He doesn't like Boston, and I say good riddance to him. But when you say he doesn't like Boston, so why did? Is it just he just came for the money and that's it? Nothing else? Of course, he's a Hessian. He's a highly paid Hessian. Uh, he, he doesn't like it here. You know, one thing about Boston, we demand uh, our athletes try as hard as they can. You know, if they really try hard, get their uniforms dirty, uh, we applaud them even if they lose. Uh, but this guy has come in like royalty, and, uh, you know, he, he is uh, aloof uh, to the city itself. 
He takes uh, no part in any of our activities, and uh, he knows nothing about our government, and he knows nothing about our area. And I say good riddance. Eat the loss and get rid of him because he's a cancer. Eddie, I think that's the only thing that we agree on today, <laughs> <laughs> especially when you're taking $217 million, uh, with Boston, where he could have had $180 million with St. Louis. Uh, the unfortunate thing is that David Price has always been aloof, as you put it. You look at him when he pitched in, in Tampa. It was a great place for him because nobody knew who he was. When he came here, he jumped on the bandwagon like everybody else did, uh, and he had a great start. But what it comes down to at the end of the day is if you don't get your, your lunch pail and go to work every single day, people will not respect you as what you are. Yeah. People well, will look is, at the dollars and cents you make, and that's pretty much it. And unfortunately yeah. for David Price, that's exactly what he's going to be. He's got all the money in the world, but he's got no heart. That's well said. Uh, David Price had a, a scrap or a, a disagreement with Dennis Eckersley, who's, who's fairly beloved. And I know you have uh, you got kind words about Eckersley. Uh, well, we're sort. Tell us what it, what that was all about, and if that settled down. Well. Uh, in Boston, uh, unlike most cities, um, you know, the media uh, is not part of the team. And although Dennis, uh, incidentally, he's a Hall of Famer, and Dennis is not originally from Boston, but chose to live here, uh, which is an entirely different story than David Price. Uh, but he's been uh, somewhat critical. Not, I, I wouldn't say it was a really tough stuff. Uh, but in order to show off to his teammates on the plane, he went after Dennis, who's now 62 years old. And um, he thought everybody, uh, the fans, would love it. But <laughs> just the opposite has happened. They thought, in a sense, he was bullying Eckersley. And, uh, you know, Dennis is a terrific guy, as I said, a Hall of Famer. And he wasn't that critical of Price. I mean, surely I've been 100 times more critical than Dennis. But uh, the fans of the jury, and I don't know anyone who's taken the part of David Price, and now I think some of the players themselves sort of feel bad about it. You know, they look up to Dennis. Um, David Price is never going to be in the Hall of Fame, I can tell you that. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with you there, Eddie. We're talking to Eddie Andelman, of course, the iconic uh, godfather of sports radio. And, Eddie, uh, you, as usual, you've been tweeting up a storm. And uh, one interesting tweet, you're, you're calling St. Louis and Boston the best baseball cities. Tell us why. Well, because they eat, drink, and talk baseball uh, 24 hours uh, a day, 365 days a year. And if the teams are bad, they still draw and um, they're very knowledgeable, too, uh, extremely knowledgeable. I mean, the average person in St. Louis and Boston uh, can go through the history of baseball even when they're 20 years old. Um, the Boston fans especially, and I, have to call, I don't like to use the word Boston, but it really is a New England franchise. And it's, it's the biggest dump in history. I mean, it's the most uncomfortable place in the world. Built in 1912 and has never been renovated other than to add some beer stains. Uh, the restrooms have the last strains of bubonic plague left in the world. Uh, it's, it's just a terrible place. I'm, I can't even fit into a chair, and I'm, I'm not even 200 pounds. The, um, um, and, you know, when the giant redwood trees, when they wanted to figure the age, what they do is they see the layers of wood 
and they can judge the age. In Fenway Park, it's the gunk in the concourses. They can dig into it, <laughs> and they can find out how old it is. Eddie, uh, you're, uh, I want to take it. Yeah, sorry, finish your point. The prices, uh, actually, in Toto, are the highest in baseball. And we're talking, of course, about the uh, Fenway Park. Eddie, you know, you're, you're known, obviously, for your irreverency and your sense of humor. And uh, uh, you recently uh, you recently wrote that the three best sports rivalries ever, um, Red Sox-Yankees, can't disagree with that, Texas-Oklahoma, yeah, we could, uh, we could have a debate about that one. But how did you come up with the third one, the Boston Bruins and Calgary? <laughs> tell, us, tell us, Eddie. Come on, well, I, I come, come on. Well, you you you've, you've developed a sudden fixation with Calgary. What what what's well, going on? Because um, there's no way to get to Calgary from Boston. <laughs> well, they, yeah, there probably is. Just no, hop on a plane. No, there isn't. Once you go to Calgary, you have to stay there the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I offer a new card to anybody who could name three players on Calgary's second line. <laughs> We probably could if we if we uh, if we if we it. contemplated it long enough. But I mean, uh, some of the places in the national. But of all places, I just want to know how the Eddie Andelman mind works. You come up with the greatest rivalry, Boston and Calgary. Well, I, I thought it was uh, sort of making fun of the league. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, they look like another expansion team in Las Vegas. Oh, well, you know we get, we're gonna... so, they're so stupid they didn't even name it what they should have named the team. Which was the jackpots? That was my name, Eddie. You stole my name. That I came up with that one. They should have called it the jackpots. But what? All, all kidding aside, let's get serious about that because you brought it up. Um, what do you feel about the NHL in Las Vegas? Well, it'll be extremely successful, um, although no one will ever go to the games because there's there's uh, eleven hundred uh, licenses issued for gambling, and all those people. We'll have to take luxury boxes, um, and so that's where you really make your money in sports. And I would venture to say that uh, they'll set record prices for uh, income. But uh, you know, it, it's very tough to compete. You know, they've had three different racetracks and a highlight parlor in Las Vegas. All of them went out within three three months, and so uh, there's not enough action, uh, particularly in soccer and hockey. There's not enough scoring to keep their interest. You know, they can play blackjack and have a hand every 20 seconds or pull a slot machine every two seconds. Uh, so I think in some senses it'll be good because the players themselves, when they go on uh, road trips uh, to Las Vegas, I mean, the hockey players, some of them are smart enough to even understand how to operate a slot machine. Eddie, I, I, we got uh, got a couple of minutes left, and uh, I want to I finish it off uh, talking about the Patriots and Tom Brady. Uh, give us an assessment of the Patriots where they're going this year. Of course, they always the Patriots always have the advantage of of, of playing in the weakest division in football, which right. gives them which gives them a, one hell of a boost. But you also tweeted lately that Tom Brady is a target. That's what you said. What does that mean? Well, what it means is that uh, if you can knock Brady out, uh, you're going to win the game, and it's worth a 15-yard penalty for roughness, unnecessary roughness. And so I do think he is a target. Um, plus his age, you know, as you get older, you don't heal as, 
as fast or as, as quickly. And so, in my opinion, I think that uh, part of the game plan is going to be, uh, you know, see if you can uh, pile on Brady. And that, that's what I mean by that. Eddie, Eddie uh, sorry, go ahead, Lou. Eddie, is, is Tom Brady well-liked? Uh, you, you, you put the the word target, and I know in athleticism, target is mean you'll go all out to more or less try to put him out of the game, and if it happens, then you're going to put him out for the season. Is he well-liked in in the circle of, of football? Well, I would say he's in, in the in New England area. He has almost reached the point of Ted Williams. Uh, he's without question the number one athlete uh, here of all time, uh, subject to Ted Williams being the exception. Um, his accomplishments are legendary. Um, I wish he'd quit myself, even though I'm a Patriot fan, because uh, a couple of years ago I saw Dick Butkus at an airport pushing his own wheelchair so he could get a little exercise. Uh, there's no question uh, football has become just a violent sport. I don't know what the future is, but I don't think it's very bright. I had one son who was an extremely good athlete, and I wouldn't let him play football in high school, and the townies turned on me. I mean, it was like unbelievable. But it, it's a dangerous sport. Sure is. Eddie Andelman, uh, we'll leave it off at this. Uh, uh, Hockey, this year, last year you called for the Toronto Maple Leafs to make the Stanley Cup Finals. That's right. And uh, and, uh, they didn't make the Stanley Cup Finals, but they had a great year and they impressed a lot of people. Tell us, uh, where do you think this Leafs-Bruins, Leafs this year, assessment there, and uh, Leafs-Bruins rivalry? Well, I think it all comes down to... uh, Teams willing to spend the money for the best skate sharpeners. <laughs> you know, so they can glide to and fro, back and forth, up and down, go to the left. I, I know nothing about hockey, and I don't want to know anything about hockey. Oh, you know a lot about hockey, uh, well, Eddie. I know a little bit. Yeah, you, you, uh, you, you, more more than you're letting on, my friend. When there were six teams, it was a great sport. Olympic hockey is a great sport. What they do today... Uh, you know, almost every goal goes off, someone's behind. So uh, I don't follow it. Well, certainly uh, a reasonable reasonable hockey fans can certainly debate, uh, and the debate goes on all the time about comparing today's well, hockey. I'm going, to be, I'm going to be going up to Canada very shortly, uh, as soon as the Canadian dollar weakens a bit more. <laughs> well, if you come up to the Toronto area, Eddie, please give us a call. We'd love to well, have I you. At, I stay at the Four Seasons. Uh, the minute it becomes less than $200 a night, that's when we go to Canada. Well, you might be waiting a long time, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it's and, and hopefully uh, we catch up again down south as well. I look forward to that. Thank you, guys. Eddie, thanks so much. It's been a pleasure having you. Eddie Andelman, always, uh, always a lot of fun with Eddie, Lou. Hey, you know what? He's uh, quite the the remarkable, sarcastic. Uh, you know what? Well, that's it's, what that's what made him. Uh, you probably don't remember, but uh, when he had the sports huddle show in the '70s, when sports talk radio was just was just taking off, it just it became its own genre. I mean, his show on Boston radio on Sunday nights was just out of the. I mean, he'd have fifty thousand people call in. They used to blow up. You know, they have switchboards. They used to blow up the telephone lines when when he was on the air uh, with him and him and uh, he had two partners at the time. 
remember one one guy's name was Mark Whitkin, and the other gentleman's name escapes me at this time. But it was uh, it was one hell of a show. One well, hell of a show. Well, you can really see it. It's uh, it's the Boston Red Sox <laughs> and everybody else. And, uh, and the one you know. point that he does make that I, I you know he's irreverent and he's funny and uh, sarcastic or satirical, whatever you want to say. And uh, he's always got it. You know, he, he's a, he's a pretty serious guy, pretty intelligent guy. He just likes to have fun. Um, but the one point he does, Boston Boston fans are passionate. Are, are passionate. Uh, yes. You know, uh, yes. you know uh, they are they are a breed apart. They, they really they, are. They, they, they definitely are. I happen to catch uh, a Boston uh, Red Sox game at Fenway Park against yeah. the Washington Nationals about four or five years ago, and uh, the place was packed. Uh, I, I didn't. They had a pretty good team that year. Then a couple of years later, they, they weren't very good when they drafted Betatendi. Uh, but they are passionate. Uh, they're almost like the Leaf fans. Um, there's nothing else but the Boston Red Sox, just like the Leaf fans. This, this is not a hockey city. This is a Leaf city. And, and great for the Red Sox. I remember 2007 watching that uh, the third or fourth game when Ortiz singled in Dave mm. Roberts from second base. It turned the whole series around. And you got to give them credit. Absolutely, they they, they played well, uh, and it's going to be a dogfight right till the end this year with the Red Sox and the Yankees. And we'll see what happens tonight, and then we'll see what happens next weekend with four games at uh, Yankee Stadium. Have to cut you off there, Lou. Anyways, it's time for our break, and we'll be right back after the break with Canadian Soccer Hall of Famer Carmen and Marcantonio. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville realized that people may not know how many different kinds of ponzos Pizzaville makes. You can go Italian. If you like a sausage, you can go Hawaiian if you like ham and pineapple. And you can go Canadian if you like bacon, beer, and hockey. We can build a ponzo that speaks your language, no matter where you are from. Call Pizzaville at 736-3636 or visit pizzaville.ca. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal? Yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. Bridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Bond. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They're not here to be nice. They're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. 
Good morning. Welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. We're pleased to welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour Canadian Soccer Hall of Famer Carmine Marcantonio. Good morning, Carmine. Hey, Walter. Good morning to you. And uh, I'm in the bus drive with the Juventus Under-17 team. Oh, so fant- sorry about the noise. Oh, yet. no problem. Uh, uh, and I'd love to be there with you. Anyways, we're going to chat about that. I just want you to know there's a friend, a former friend of yours in studio with me this morning who says he knows some Carmen and Marcantonio stories. That's a former Toronto Maple Leaf and Washington Capital, Lou Franceschetti, is joining me this morning. Yeah, I Lou. I, I was listening in, so I, I knew that Lou was uh, your guest today. So this morning, so I'm happy to to, to say hi to him. Carmen, buongiorno. Ciao, Lou. Buongiorno a te. Eh, scusa. Uh, listen, we, we, Wally and I were talking about here, especially after the last time we were on the radio. A couple of guys that that, that we played, both played with, Enzo Di Piedi and the Chiraldi brothers. Do you remember them? For sure, of course they were. You know, they were a bit younger than me, but they were, you know, good talent at the time. And uh, uh, Lou, I, I knew of you more as a hockey player than a, than a footballer, but but that's okay. You go the other <laughs> way where you where you can make some money. I don't blame you. Yeah, I don't- I don't think Lou. I don't think Lou was much of a much of a soccer player, but he begged to differ. And uh, talking about the Chiraldi brothers, I also played with one of the Chiraldi's, uh, George. Who ended up uh, playing in Kansas team, City? Ended up playing Kansas City. I played one year with him yeah, on a Gino, team called Gino Westwood Gino, Olympic. Gino, Gino Chiraldi. Yeah, yeah, Gino. Yeah. Uh, Gino. Anyways, Carmine, uh, the reason we got you on the show today is there's a a big event happening. It's the International Youth Soccer Cup Under 17, and the pride of Italy has uh, is over here. That's the Under 17 Juventus team. And I understand they won their first game, and the final of the tournament is tonight. So tell us all about that. Yeah, it's uh, actually, if you like, um, uh, there is Bettega, Roberto Bettega, the famed Bettega from uh, Juventus, and uh, at the time it was the Blizzard. He's with us, and it started from uh, Roberto Bettega's idea to have, uh, uh, you know, his two loves are for... uh, the blizzard, you know, Toronto and, and Torino, the great event. So because of Betega, we basically started this uh, tournament. And uh, it just turned out to be a great event and some very good talent, both on the TFC side and obviously the Juventus side. I mean, these are the best kids from, uh, from Italy and from uh, all over the world because we have some uh, Romanian and some, uh, some from Africa. A couple of kids are from Africa, from... Uh, uh, and we also have uh, somebody, a refugee from Syria, that is part of the Juventus uh, team. So, you know, they pick from the best. And uh, but I tell you, TFC has a very good team. And, uh, and the team that uh, surprised me uh, was Woodbridge, because it was a tremendous game. Uh, the Juventus against Woodbridge in, in the, on Friday, it was a 4-3 game. It was very thrilling and very... Woodbridge had some very good talent, too. So, somebody that... People that love... Soccer, I like to call it, as you know, water football. The final is at 8 o'clock tonight at the Soccer Center, the Homo TFC and Invon, the Homo TFC 2. And it's, uh, it, it's TFC versus uh, Juventus, 8 o'clock. Anyways, Carmen, we, we want to talk a little bit about uh, uh, the team that Juventus brought over here. Um, you know, it's their under-17 team. Uh, tell us a little bit about how minor um, minor football in in Europe, like a team like uh, Juventus, 
at what age do they? How does that? How does the youth development program for a team like Juventus compare to, let's say, youth development programs for hockey in Canada? How early do they identify players there? And what? Give us an idea on this under seventeen team. How many of these players might possibly? play professional somewhere down the road or even for example perhaps even make the italian national team yeah that's a good question walter i was talking to the coaching staff here in the management but basically what they do a bit what tfc is trying to do with their academy they try to to get the you know the best players at uh, any age group from uh, age uh, probably nine and ten to 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 play into their academy you know they but most of these kids come from uh, Torino and, and vicinity. So they basically, after school, they get bus to, to, to for practice, or so they pre-work practice every every day. That's the difference between maybe our kids here and, 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 and the kids in Europe. A club like Juventus has got these kids already practicing, you know, with paid coaches, uh, you know, the paid staff. They, they practice pre-work every day. And they're, they're, you know, they're close to the first team because they, they train where the first team also trains. And but they start making the selection at the competitive level around age 13 and 14. That's when they start getting, you know, kids from other parts of Italy and and kids also from Europe and and the, and the globe. You know, so basically they they have scouts to select the best they could get. And when they start competitive at age 14, that's when uh, they make the difference because they, they, in high school, they got their own school in the, in the training facility, which is just outside Torino. And some of these kids like uh, Marquisio, and, and, you know, they, they come from these academies. From, uh, they, they do, you know, they went to the youth system. And some of them, not all of them, they make the first team, you know. So it's, it's something, it's a process. And uh, some of them obviously don't make it; they go to the lower divisions. But uh, it's a good, a good process and le- learning experience uh, for the kids. We're talking to Carmen and Marc Antonio, uh, Canadian Soccer Hall of Famer, and we're talking about the International Youth Soccer Cup Under Seventeen final tonight at uh, at the Ontario Soccer Centre. Up on, uh, you'll, I'll give you an opportunity to give me the complete details uh, before we let you go, Carmen. But uh, are there any? Uh, under-17 Juventus, of course, is it, to, to make that kind of a team is a major achievement for a minor soccer player. Uh, and I remember, I remember watching, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Messi when he was playing on the Barcelona when he was 15 or 16 years old. Are there any players on this Juventus team that uh, perhaps uh, stick out more that you foresee as potential international football players? Oh, yes, for sure. I, I see there's uh, three or four already that stand out. And... Uh, I mean, Betega, because he, he went from being a ball boy with Juventus, he grew up with Juventus, he went to be, be a ball boy to, to playing for the first team and eventually for the national team. Uh, so that tells you, you know, Marquisio, as I said, is also you know, one of those. And I see two or three that have been with the club already four or five years. I was talking to these kids, and, uh, you know, there's uh, with that. Uh, they're here, so I don't want their head to swallow. I'm okay. not going to mention any. Okay, you're actually just a, just a re- you're actually on the team bus right now with all the Juventus under 17 players. Yes, I've been a bit of uh, you know the guy yeah. and uh, the, the one that is basically working with the staff to make you know meals, arrangements, hotel arrangements. We we head in downtown to Eaton Center. 
because they want to do a bit of shopping. Okay. And uh, yeah, and and then uh, tonight, you know, they're gonna get ready tonight uh, for the for the final against TFC, as I say. So it's gonna be a tremendous, uh, tremendous game because I've seen on the two games that were played already. You know, there's some very good talent, both Canadians and uh, in the Juventus team, as as you know, they they're in the preseason, so this will be their second or third official game. Because this season only starts, uh, it will start uh, towards the end of August. Anyways, Carmen, uh, unfortunately, we're running out of time, and I'm going to have to let you go. But I'm going to give you the opportunity once again, for anybody who's interested, and uh, I'm interested, and I I know once the word gets out that uh, there may be a lot of people who have an interest in coming to watch the game tonight. So tell tell our listeners, if they're interested in watching the game, the time and the place. Okay, I hope to see you in Louis Franciscate and many more to come and watch at the kickoff 8 o'clock at the Oasis Center in Vaughan in Woodbridge, home of the TFC2, and it will be Juventus against TFC, uh, the under-17. Many, many talents, good entertainment, and the, the, the entry is only $20, and it's going for charity, by the way. I want to mention that all the proceeds, once we pay the expenses, it's costing us $100,000 to fly these kids in. But uh, thanks to sponsors, we pay the expenses. Now everything else is going to charity. So thank you so much, uh, Walter, again, and Lou. Thank you, Carmine, and uh, give our best to the entire Juventus team and uh, thank them uh... Thank them for coming to Canada. Appreciate it. All right. See you later, Walter. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks Ciao. so much. That's Carmen and Marc Antonio. And uh, Lou, uh, we've got a couple of minutes left. Really, really quickly, I want to go to a topic that's going to become more and more uh, prominent as we get closer to next summer. And uh, we've got a, a minute and a half, two minutes. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Shirelli locked them up. Long term, there are those that say McDavid left a lot of money on the table. Fair enough. Toronto Maple Leafs and other, uh, especially Toronto Maple Leafs, have three young budding superstars. How do the how does the McDavid Drysital signings impact the what the, what the Lamorello and Shanahan and the rest of them have to do next summer? Well, I think it's more or less it's uh, they got to manage their money pretty uh, pretty close to the vest here. It, it's it's a situation where uh, Nylander and Marner are going to ask for the money. Then you got to uh, you, you got to add in some foot soldiers. They haven't they still haven't signed uh, Hyman yet. Uh, obviously, um, who's uh, Komarov is coming off the books in a year or so. Uh, the other assignment that, that I... Bozak. Bozak. Is JVR. Another, uh, JVR. Uh, so, you know, you're, you're going to replace a JVR with a, with a Marlowe. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do with Bozak. Are you going to fix up the, the the back end to make it a little bit stronger? So, you know, I, I guess, you know, they've they've done well up until now. And I was just going to be, uh, what are Nylander and uh, and Marner going to ask for? And is it going to be over the, over the roof for us? Not that I'm suggesting, or I won't, don't want to jinx anybody, uh, but uh, I think Matthews is Matthews. He's he's a ten he's he's ten eleven million dollars. Doesn't matter how he plays this year. That's just the bottom line. But if Marner and Nylander take a step backwards in their play, uh, does that impact uh, the management's decision? It, it really is. it's it's not. Uh, it might impact their decision on whether to deal one of them or not. 
but it's not going to impact on what the dollars and cents are going to be. Uh, they're going to come in anywhere from seven to nine million dollars. Uh, it might be a little bit lower on a bridge contract, but if they're going to sign an eight-year deal, you're looking at at least minimum, yeah. probably seven to nine, maybe even ten million dollars ahead. Now, can you carry that money? And if you're talking about getting Tavares, can you carry ten or four guys that are making ten million dollars or more? That's why the Tavares move to Toronto doesn't make any sense, aside from from the Leafs' perspective. Uh, but uh, I, I see uh, Marner and Nylander, as you say, seven to nine million. Matthews, ten to twelve million. And that's just the way the NHL is going nowadays. Anyways, we've run out of time. Lou, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Wally. And uh, let's hope that uh, Eddie's wrong about the Red Sox and uh, the high horse that he rode in on. And uh, let's go Yankees. To all our listeners, have a fantastic week. We'll be back here again next Sunday morning at 9 a.m. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.